0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. As his divine power has given to us, shout this, all things. I'm going to give you another chance. As his divine power has given to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these, that through these promises, that through these promises, look at me, that through these promises, You may be partakers of the divine nature. You can't be a partaker of the divine nature unless you are active in the promises of God. Not that you're saved, the promises of God. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world that is through lust. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now I want you to remember the first part of that verse is his divine power has given to us all things. Where does the power come from? The Holy Spirit of the living God. It does not come from Jesus. It does not come from the Father. It comes through the Holy Spirit of the living God. Please understand the Trinity or you'll never be effective. The one who is in the room, the power source is the Holy Spirit. He is the it when it comes to that. There's only one Father. There's only one soul. Son, there only is one Spirit. That's the way that it is. They each have their own divine calling. They have their, each have their own divine tasks. The power comes through the Holy Spirit. The most ignored part of the Trinity is where the power comes from. Why all the churches closed? There's no power. There's no revelation. There's no conviction. There's no discernment, because the power comes through the Holy Spirit, and He is unwelcome in most churches. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to Me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. John baptizes Jesus. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens were opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. Let me ask you something. If before this happened, would Jesus, if he died, would he have gone to heaven? I know you're afraid to answer. I don't blame you. I wouldn't answer in this church either. The answer is yes. Of course he would. But even Jesus had a subsequent filling. Whoops. Even Jesus had a subsequent filling. He was 30 years old here. He was already preaching in the synagogues. He had done that since he was a child. But now even Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit subsequent to his relationship with God. How about you? How about you? Don't make this just a sermon. Make it about you. Do you speak in tongues every day of your life? If you're not, you're not in the perfect will of God. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. And then after that, his lineage is read, which is long and boring, until it starts getting the names that you know. And then you have Luke chapter four, verse one. Jesus tested in the wilderness. How many of you have been tested? Now here's the thing, don't answer out loud unless you want to. I'll answer out loud for you so you can feel comfortable doing it. How many of you have been tested and failed? I have. You know why? Because it's a lack of the dominance of the Holy Spirit. He might be present, you might even be baptized, but he's not dominant in your life. That's why you fail the test. That's why I fail the tests. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Jesus, now all of a sudden, full of the Holy Spirit. Go back to the other verses before that find that. Find it. Go to the first four chapters, first three chapters, all of them, and find where Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He is now. He wasn't then. How dare you you say that about Jesus? I didn't. He said it in his word because Jesus is the word. Jesus wants you to know that there is a subsequent infilling of the Holy Spirit post-salvation. Where do you get that from, Tom? Acts chapter 8, 14 through 17. Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7. Facts. It's the Bible. Bible is the it, man. Everybody get that? The Bible's the it. If the, if the Bible offends you, you're the one who's wrong. You're the one who has a boo-boo on your feelings. You're the 13 year old girl at LA Angel Middle School. Some of you spend time being mad at God and discouraged. Why are you discouraged? Why are you mad at God? It's not God that's failed ever. Learn to swallow the horse pill. Get your thumb out of your mouth and start reading the Bible. And your your world will come to life. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Your soccer games, the boats, the motorcycles, the vacations, they profit nothing. The Spirit gives life. You're better off taking your vacation reading the Bible 23 hours a day. We'll give you life way more than floating down a water slide or a lazy river. I know some of you just pictured me floating down a lazy river. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter four, verse one, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was now filled with the Holy Spirit. Back to our root verse. We're going to break it down. Second Peter one three through four. As His divine power, which is the Holy Spirit, has given to us all things. If you lay hands on it, it should. What should happen is exactly what you're praying for. Until that happens, you are failing. I am failing. Tom, you can't say that. Listen, I don't care if you leave the church. I love you enough to challenge you. I know. This is tough for some of you. I get it. Because what you've done is you've adapted your theology many years ago when you prayed for somebody to live and they died. So you had to compensate. You had to medicate yourself with false ideology, false philosophy, false theology to make yourself feel better. Don't make yourself feel better. Dive into the word. I recently have wanted, I even tried to be mad at God. I couldn't pull it off. (laughs) I know who's at fault. His divine power, the Holy Spirit, has given to me, given to you, all things that pertain to life and to godliness, all things. It is the Spirit who gives life. I'll read it to you again, John 6.63. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Even if you tell somebody righteously that they are going to hell, that's life. You tell somebody that's failing, that's failing, it's life. Otherwise, you're just a member of the Democratic Party. You're just a member of the Ark Church, which are basically the same thing. Some of you I know, you're wondering, what on earth did I walk into? I see some new faces, and I see the stunned looks upon your faces. I get it. It's been a long time, or maybe you've never even been in church. Maybe you've never been in a real church. Your whole life. Listen, you've been boot-kissed, butt-licked, and boot-licked your whole life. <laughs> butt-licked, butt-licked, <laughs> boot-licked, butt-kissed, whatever, it's all the same. When you use bootlick and butt kiss as much as I do, they get intertwined. (laughs) Everybody's so concerned about keeping you in their church, they don't tell you the truth. Pastors got to have a career. Pastors got to have a paycheck. That's why they didn't mind closing down their churches because not one of the pastors lost their jobs. Just everybody inside the church lost their job. Luckily, their accounts were still open for the church to take their money out of their account week after week, month after month. If you're like me, you don't pay any attention to it. It would be a year before I noticed anything. Hey, wait, where's all my money that I haven't had had a job for a year? Where's all my, oh, the church took it all. Why well, I hear on that one too, man. People are, people are bothered by reality, I guess. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32 is entitled, More Than Conquerors. What shall we say in response to this? In response to what? The gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. What shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Exactly. See, but a lot of people won't face reality. You're going to hear the word unbelief a lot in this message. And if you can, you need to listen to the second part of this message. As a matter of fact, I just command you, if you call me your pastor, I command you, listen to the second part of the message. I don't sit under authority of any man. You're ungodly. So you know. You're an ungodly, carnal person. And by the way, if the cops pulled you over, you'd sit under that authority, wouldn't you? Not the church, but the cops. The ones that are arresting people for not wearing masks, they, pull their, they put their blue lights on. You pull right over for them. You submit to that authority. Boy, man, it's quiet in here today. A lot of, maybe there's a lot of religious people in here. You need to be set free. Don't be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What shall we say in response to this? Is God, If God is for us, then who could be against us? Amen. Nothing. See, a lot of us, we gave up on this because we prayed something and didn't work. I never give up. I'm telling you right now, I've prayed for things and it didn't occur, I know it's unbelief. I know a lot of you are afraid to amen that, but you're afraid to amen the Bible because that's what Jesus said. Every time there was an expectation of the miraculous and it did not occur, Jesus said one of two things, little faith or unbelief. That's what he said, that's what he said. That's not apropos in the Abundant Church This and Coast Church That. Yeah, the ones who are afraid to preach to you. I may skip ahead to the end of this message for you guys today. Because we need to ask ourselves, a lot of us, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but maybe you can tell this to a relative or a friend, or maybe you're vacillating. I can tell you that you're like, you know what? I know my church closed, but those people sure are sweet, and they call me up, and, you know, and all Tom does is scream at me, Listen, choose scared over dead. Choose it. If I make you nervous, choose that over your dead COVID-caving church. Well, no, they're back, and they're open now. They'll close for the next thing. Next thing that's coming is climate change, and they're going to ask you to close for that too. It's called the Great Reset. Be ready. And if your COVID-caving pastor closed for COVID-19 for for 99.9% survivable virus, What are you going to do when they say it's a plague of whatever gas is in the air? Yeah, there's gas in the air, all right. (laughs) I hope it's full of cow farts. I hope the cow farts (laughs) fill up the planet with gas. Just Just despite the climate change activists, fill the world full of cow gas. God sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It might be in the form of cow farts good let them smell them too i don't i want them to bathe in it rodney howard brown says right now that god is wiping the world's face with dung to mock them i agree with them 100 all these frauds are being exposed they're having to lie to the pit of hell and lie again to a deeper pit of hell what shall we say in response to this to the gospel of jesus christ to the power of the holy spirit If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us, shout it, all things. Yeah, but I tried. I prayed over my husband, and he died anyway. Your greatest days are ahead. I know it hurts. I know the pain of loss. I'm just telling you, your greatest days are ahead. Will you overcome? Dive into the word of God and start resurrecting the dead. Start giving sight to the blind, provision to the poor, salvation to the lost. Amen. That's your calling from whom everyone who's given much, much is demanded. Amen. Not sink your, pick- your pickaxe into the side of the mountain and hold on until Jesus comes back. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. It's John chapter 4, verse 3, if you're wondering. How do we acquire and act in this power? Back to our root verse, Second Peter 1, 3 and 4. We're still in verse 3. Through the knowledge of him. Oh, I know the Bible. Do you? Do you? Are you sure you know it? Most Christians think they know it, but they have no clue. Now listen, I'm somebody who probably is above average in Bible knowledge, but I don't know the Bible either. Does that make you feel better? How do you act and acquire this power? How do you acquire it first and then act in this power? Through the knowledge of him. That's not sexy. I know. It's not, oh, it's not, you mean I can't just go up, Tom, and have somebody lay hands on me, and all of a sudden I'm gonna act in the power of God? Nope. Name the time that happened. Not gonna happen. Your mind has to be renewed. How's your mind renewed? Look at me. Look at me over here to my left. How's your mind renewed? Do you know the step by step process? Tom now Tom now, come on. We're not legalistic. There's no step by who told you the Bible is not a list of do's and don'ts? Who told you that? The Ark Church pastor, skinny jeans man. <laughs> Butt kisser, bootlicker. That guy. The Bible is a list of do's and don'ts. There are specific steps that you have to take if you want your mind to be renewed. How do you have your mind renewed? It's very easy. Romans chapter 12. I said the steps, it, it may not be an easy process, but understanding the process is very easy. It's found in Romans chapter, one verse, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. First, you have to lay your life down as a living sacrifice to God, or you'll never act in his power. If the most important thing to you is accumulating wealth and your job, in the next vacation, you'll never operate in the power of God. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to lay your lives down, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That's not salvation. Well, that's me when I got saved. No, it's not. Your salvation washing away of your sins is the first infantile step babies are powerless they might be cute we dedicated a bunch of babies up here man there's no cuter babies than we produce in this church seriously you ever seen the Lagreca family man they're cute are they in here oh there they are man those are cute kids seriously we produce some really cute kids in this church but they're powerless without you and most Christians never, ever advance beyond the age of three. Am I, Tom, are you attacking yourself too? Absolutely. I'm a three year old in some areas of my life. It's kind of pathetic, actually, that I'm 52. And I warn younger people don't waste your life like I have. And you're like, Tom, how could, don't say those horrible things. Truth is truth. God's telling me it anyway. Why run? Why run? Whither, whither can I flee from thy presence? Whither can I go from thy spirit? Psalm one thirty nine. I can't go anywhere. He tells me that. Oh, well, I'm offended. You're offended by the Holy Spirit. Why be offended? All right, Lord, I need to take action. Better is one day. Yeah, that's right. If I wasted thirty years, I better is one day. Psalm eighty four ten. There is one day in your presence, Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the kingdom of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. How do you acquire and act in this power? Through the knowledge of him. You're going to have to know God. You're going to have to be still. You're going to have to turn off screens. You're going to have to exit the zombie apocalypse where everybody is sitting at tables at Outback, at Prime, staring at screens. You ever look around the room? People are out to dinner with one another, and they're sitting at a table looking at screens. You ever been in a car with people who are texting each other, who are one foot away from each other? <laughs> I have. It's annoying. They were one of those annoying couples. You ever been around one of those annoying couples? They like every, everything they say is a whisper. I just say it out loud, moron. What do you, what is it that you want to say? Tell her. I mean, what do you think? I'm, I mean, what is it that you're saying that's so important that you have to? She's sitting in the front and you're sitting in the back, and you're texting each other. Verse 4, how do we acquire and act in this power? By which the Holy Spirit, that's my own writing, by which have been given to us all things, by which, by the Holy Spirit, by his power, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. I'm going to leave out some, but I have a long list of promises. Salvation, baptism in the Holy Spirit, healing, resurrections, prosperity, Victory, anointing, protection, binding, loosing, long life, dominion over devils, mountain removal, miracles, and whatever you ask happens. I've tried it, Tom. Listen, you tried it, but you're doing it in unbelief. No, I believed. I tried real hard. I've done that too and failed. Doesn't mean I'm, listen, there's latent unbelief. It's like the father of the epileptic boy, the demon-possessed epileptic boy. I believe, help my unbelief. Tom, why do you preach about unbelief so much? Nobody else does. Because it's the problem. No, you got sin, you got compromise. All those things are unbelief. I'll show you. If we get to it today, I'll show you. Sin is simply unbelief. Closing the churches is unbelief. That through these, the promises... 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. You may be partakers of the divine nature. You're not a, you are not a partaker of the nature of God unless you are operating in his promises. His promises are what? You know what, Lord? I never want to be sick again. I bind sickness for the rest of my life. You're not partaking of the divine nature unless you've taken part in that, unless you're doing that. Oh, no, that's health and wealth. Somebody lied to you. Because that's the Bible. Well, I've seen abuses, so that's going to be your excuse in the day of judgment? Well, Lord, I decided to ignore the Bible because of carnal Christians. That'll work out well in the day of judgment for you. Oh, well, I was hurt and offended. That'll work out real well, too. From whom much is given, much is demanded. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive what is due him. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So there's a long list of good that you are called to do. A lot of you have given up already. I'm looking at your faces. You've given up. Well, I've heard this before. It's because you never did the work. I'm going to give you just a little preview. I don't know where I'll get to, but I don't want you to miss anything. You're saved by grace. The discovery of what that grace holds is found through works. See how quiet it gets in here. I just, I he just blasphemed God. He said works. Really? You ever read the second? You ever read the second chapter of James? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James chapter two verse twenty-six. I'll show you my faith by what I do. James chapter two verse eighteen. Faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James chapter two verse seventeen. And go on and on and on. What shall it profit, my brethren, if some of you say, say I have faith and you have works? Can faith save you? Is what it says. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. James chapter 2, verse 24. What are these things? This is the Bible. Pastor Skinny James is afraid to tell you these things because you might leave. It was not Jesus' job. It's not your job, and it's not my job to accumulate humanity. What is your job? Preach the word. Whatever happens, happens. You guys cast me out of Englewood, I'll land in Jackson Hole, Wyoming on the side of a mountain. I'll ski down to my church every day. (laughs) Might only be four people. If you're not operating in the promises of God, well, yeah, I'm saved, and we have good services, and I feel touched from God. Yeah, you're touched from God all the time, but you've never done anything. Yeah. I've been slain in the Spirit. felt His presence. Those are all launching pads that everybody ignores the day after they happen. Yeah. Yeah, right on. What are you supposed to do at that point, the hard stuff? Yeah. Turn everything off, get alone in a room, and study the Word, memorize the Word. Christians never do it. I'm telling you, if we were to go around this room and we put all of, all, all of us on a polygraph and I asked who spent a minimum of 15 minutes a day in the Bible, 99% of us would fail. If it was an hour, it would be 100%. I know some of oh, you, oh, you're gonna come at me at the door. All right, you're the exception, congratulations. The greatest movers and shakers in the New Testament were two men. Paul and Jesus, and both of them had the Bible memorized. A little weird, isn't it? A little weird that there's a virus that occurred in Wuhan, China. At a biotech weapon lab funded by the CCP and the PLA, nobody ever heard of Wuhan until 2020 or 2019, and suddenly there's a virus. See, there's something going on there, right? It's funny, how the two men that raised the dead gave sight to the blind. Paul said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Paul was not known as a great orator. He went around and he performed miracles. We're, all we want today are great orators that stir us. And then we go home and do nothing. And all the people die around us. And all the Christians could have kept them alive. Even the ones that are dead, Christians can bring back to life. And a lot of you think it's all Jesus. We actually, actually set up a Baal-style idol to Jesus. A Jesus that's not the real Jesus. The real Jesus has gone, sent you the power of the Holy Spirit, sent you the Spirit himself for you to operate just like Jesus. But instead of operating just like Jesus, we worship the image of Jesus. That's how I live, by the way. Well, Tom, man, you're opening, up, up, opening yourself up to great disappointment when you pray. I don't care. I don't care. If, if I strive my entire life to raise the dead, give sight to the blind, provision to the poor, salvation to the lost, and nothing happens until I'm 78 years old, and that's where my ministry starts, because I sunk in, I sunk my teeth into the word, I gave it all that I had, and that's when it began Fine. Again, better is one day. Amen. Instead of fooling myself and living in delusion like 99.9% of all the evangelicals who believe that everything is perfect because they feel something. Right. Unless you are operating in the promises of God, you're not a partaker of the divine nature of God. You want, to get, you want a launching pad? Just start trying. Start trying. Don't be like, I know I can't raise people from the dead right now. Fine. Raise people from a cold. (laughs) Well, I've tried that, failed too. Try again. It's called supplication. You've read it in the Bible most of your life by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, right? Before you answer this question, I'm about to give you, I want to help you because I'm so sweet. In my mind. (laughs) Keep in mind the only way to say yes to this is if you abide in the promises of God. And see literal results. Not mystery results. That's what Christians do when they run from the Bible. Well, they're healed in heaven. God knows the answers. We don't know why. You know, there are very rare things where a Christian doesn't know why. I'm talking about literal results. If you're not seeing literal results, not veiled, not hidden, not mystery, here's the question, don't answer out loud, unless you want to. Just know that I will respond. Not necessarily to you personally, just I'm gonna respond. I like these to be active services. How many of us are truly partakers of the divine nature? How many of us feel like it's hit or miss? I've prayed it has worked. I've prayed it doesn't work. God has always caused you to triumph Some something's wrong. How many many of us are okay with saying something's wrong? Are you? You need to be. Ask the people around you. They'll tell you something's wrong. No, you didn't catch what I just said. I meant about you personally. Ask the people around you. They're not going to tell you that you're perfect unless they're scared of you. I know most of you men are scared of your wives, but ask them ask the people around you am I perfect I don't want to know the answers okay then you know you're not perfect then how many of us feel like it's hit or miss I've prayed I'm effective about one out of a hundred two out of a hundred twenty five out of a hundred is something wrong then we need to be okay with that we need to be okay and just say you know what something's wrong because Jesus never missed he never missed well, that's Jesus. You're giving all of his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but I mean, I've tried. And a lot of us, we've, we've tried for years. You never did the work, though. Amen. What happened was is that you go back into your life. You have a tragedy strike, and it's just easy to use tragedy because it catches your attention more. I could say lack of provision, whatever it may be, or even if something that wasn't tragic, whatever it is, you tried, it didn't work. God's telling you, that you're going to have to grow your faith. That and the only way to grow faith, you don't actually add on to faith. Anybody ever had your air conditioner freeze? Yes. The air conditioner still blowing, is it not? Yes. You ever gone out there, you go out there, there's a big block of ice on your AC? It's blowing air. That's the, that's the modern church. That's me and that's you. We're not the modern church in every way because we stayed open and we have some measure of faith. But that's the modern church. They're blowing all right. Warm, lukewarm air. So what do you do? What do you do? You can keep the AC. We'll run all day like that. And your house will be a nice, swarmy 87 degrees. <laughs> It'll stay right there because it's even a little bit cool. The air's a, a smidgy cool. It's a little cooler than what's outside. If it was outside, it was 93, you will have a nice house at 88, 87. Right, so what do you do? The AC is working, so we look at the AC. It's a metaphor for you and I. It's working, it's heaven bound. You're heaven bound, right? But it's blowing out lukewarm air. So what do you do? You go out and melt the ice. That's all you gotta do. I've done it a million times. Our AC back in Venice, South Venice, used to freeze up all the time. Worked great, except it would freeze. So you go out there with a hair dryer, hook up my extension cord on a ladder, <laughs> melt the ice and we work great. The ice is what's over your faith. Stop praying for more faith. There's not one time in scripture Jesus says, okay, I'll give you more faith. He always says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, you could say to this mountain, be pulled up, pull up your roots and be planted in the sea and it will be done. Be cast into the sea and it will be done. Matthew 21, 21 and 22, Luke 17, five and six. That's exactly what Jesus says. Your faith is never going to grow. It just has ice on it. you got to go out and melt it off. But that's work. That's works. You're going to have to do something. And it's way more than a five-minute, I hate the word devotion. Devotion I want to put with vaccines, (laughs) vaccine passports, lockdowns, ball them up in a ball. That's what I want to do. I hate that. Well, I did my morning devotion. Oh, you're a nice little religious person, aren't you? You need to carve out, I'm going to use my F word now, freaking hours for God. Daily. If you want to, move, if you want to see the dead rise, raised, you will have to carve out hours. Because look at me now. Me and you are screwed up. We have unbelief. Ice is over the AC. We're blowing out, all right. It's not cool there. It's Spirit who gives that life. You're going to have to be open, and you're iced up. You know it's true. I am too. What are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do, because I'm not resting until everything I pray is done. Oh, Tom, now there you go again. That's that blue-haired lady, the purple-haired lady on Daystar, I don't care if she's wrong I don't care what she believes I know what the Bible says in John chapter 14 verse 14 Jesus said if you shall ask anything in my name I will do it Amen. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 ask and it shall be given you and you're like there's abuses I'm not going to abuse it I want sickness gone lack gone hell gone devil's gone lost found do I want my own provision? Absolutely. I want prosperity. I love, I love the pious, religious Christians. Well, I stay poor to honor God, really. How are you gonna give provision to people starving to death if you have nothing? Okay, right now, because of the COVID response, we're up to about 300 million people have starved to death. Because of the COVID, you know, the allegedly 3 million people died. To try to save 3 million, we've starved to death. 300 million, that sounds perfect, that's just like the WEF, that's just like the Democratic Party and the federal government, that's how, that's how good it works. How many of us will be honest and say, I don't see what I want to see when I pray? I, I, I'll say it right now, I'm not saying every time, but I can tell you it's way too often. Often. Or it's inconsistent, or we've adapted to non biblical theology because we haven't seen what we've wanted to see. Have you done that? How many of us don't even try? Well, you know, God's will, that's sovereign God, you know, sovereign God. It's just all part of his sovereignty that people catch cancer and shrivel up and die. That's all God's plan. God hates sickness. It's the, curse. it's the curse of a fallen world. God doesn't operate in the curse. It's all part of his sovereign plan. Yeah, until it's you. See what you think when you get the diagnosis, and I'm not prophesying that on anybody. You better be binding, you better be loosing. How many of us don't even care? We know, oh, you know, thy will be done. Thy will be done How? on, as it is. All right, so why is that not being implemented then? Why do you only use half the word, half the verse? Do you realize, how does God feel about that? Add thou not to his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Proverbs chapter 30, verse six. In the book of Revelation, last chapter. He who adds or subtracts from the word adds to himself the plagues that are spoken of in this, in this, in this Bible, in this chapter in this book God doesn't like it when we cut verses off halfway subtracting from the word well, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven if you're going to say it then you, then if there is no sickness in heaven there should be no sickness here no lack there, there should be no lack here yeah. a lot of people they don't even care a lot of Christians they don't even care it breaks my heart when somebody's sick. I feel for them down into the core of my bones. You may not think I'm that way, but I am. I, it pains me to think of somebody going home alone, struck down with cancer, and sitting in their house after a chemo appointment alone. I want life for them. I want life. Jesus cared. Why don't we? Well, I care. You know, we offer meals and appointments, drive people to appointments. That's not how Jesus cared. I thought we were Christians, Christ-like. What was Jesus' approach? Luke chapter 6, verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. Jesus did not bat 800. 500, 100, Jesus batted a thousand. So should we. Until we are, we haven't studied enough. We haven't prayed enough. We're not filled with the Holy Spirit enough. That's awful. That's works, Tom. Why did you give up on that? Who told you that works were useless? It certainly is not the Bible. Jesus cared, Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. Then his fame went throughout all Syria And they brought him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. I will not be satisfied until the person that wants to be raised out of their wheelchair in this room is raised out of their wheelchair. I don't care if their legs are shriveled up to nothing. I don't care. It's not satisfactory. Tom, you're, you're preaching a difficult message. You better be living up to it. Listen, the only way that I need to live up to it is will I put in the time? Will I be like Paul who had the entire Bible memorized? Will I have that? Will I be like them? Because they're the ones who performed it. You're like, let me just give you this. I, I, I want you to get this message In a nutshell, because I'm afraid some of you won't listen to the rest of it. God is not impressed by our works. Understand that. He doesn't go, oh, well, you know what? Since he's praying, I will melt his unbelief. No, your praying melts your own unbelief. Your worship melts your own unbelief. You already have all the, how many people are saved in here? Shout amen. Amen. You already have all the faith you're ever going to have. It's just got a block of ice over it. Every time you set aside prayer, set aside time for prayer, set aside time for worship, set aside time for true Bible study, you melt the ice away. And every time you walk away, well, I had it going for a solid month, and then you go six without, the ice comes back thicker. And then we, and something happens in our lives. Well, we prayed so hard and nothing happened. It's unbelief. Blowing out warm air. You want cool, but you're blown out warm. It's all from lack of effort. It's not that God goes, oh, wow, you're giving great effort. So now I'm going to give you great faith. No, you already have it. It's just blocked. When you pray, it's that hair dryer on it. Melting it away. It'll just burst forth. All of a sudden, you'll be like, wait a minute. I studied the Word for a year, and I'm different and powerful. Suddenly, you know what? I never could heal a daggum person my entire life. And I went in there, and suddenly it just happened. It just happened. There isn't a man in this room that's not capable of bench pressing 300 pounds. Seriously. There isn't a man in this room that can't bench 300 pounds. But you got to put the work in your body's fully capable of it you've been given that gift it's the same thing if you want to raise the dead and give sight to the blind and win the lost most Christians will never lead one soul to heaven and if they do it might be a family member you're called to win many more than that Matthew chapter 12 verse 15 but when Jesus knew it he withdrew from there great multitudes followed him and he healed them all Jesus cares. Why don't we? Why is Inglewood Hospital unattended by Christians? Outside of us being locked out. That, don't think that's not on purpose. What does the devil love? The de- devil loves lonely solitude. People dying in desperation alone. Going straight to hell, a lot of them. While the Christians are locked outside. Funny how that worked, didn't it? Jesus cares, Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with, look at that, compassion for them. When I walk through the hospital, because I've spent lots of time in hospitals because of police work and pastoring this church, I walk through there, and I just want to pull everybody out. I'm going to get to the place where they follow me out like the Pied Piper, they can't even help it. My shadow makes them well. Tom, you just blaspheme God, really? Are you sure? Because they were lining up to get in Peter's shadow. Yeah. What makes you different than Peter? He's not a respecter of persons, Romans 2:11. Who makes you different? And also, much was demanded of Peter. Much is demanded of you. Until you are that sort of person operating and that sort of power, understand you don't really have a revelation of what it means to be Christ-like. Is this is Christ-like. And he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Again, everywhere he went. We have Bible studies. Jesus heals. Ask the person in Inglewood Hospital today that's just gotten the diagnosis. Ask them which one they want. A stirring sermon where they feel something or healing. Ask them which one they want. Ask them what would be the greatest represent, representation of Christ to them today. Christ himself, the healer. When it was evening, verse 15, Matthew fourteen, fifteen. his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Are you seeing this? Send them away is what his own disciples say. Don't send them away. Feed them. Look at their response. And they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. There was approximately 20,000 people there. It says feed the 5,000. That's just 5,000 men, males. He said, You feed them. But then their response was, They're walking around with Jesus, and their response is, We have only five loaves and two fish. I hope I would respond better, but I don't know if I would. He said, Just like he had to do with the demon possessed boy, bring him to me. He said, bring them here to me. I told you to feed them. Remember, he said, feed them. You give them something to eat. Well, we can't, is what they said. He said, all right, bring them to me then. The church lives in this state. The problem is, Jesus is gone. And we live in this state. You know, Jesus... uh, we can't do it. Jesus said, "I'm sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. If you want something done, then you're just going to have to operate through you, through the power of the Holy Spirit." Sorry, that's the covenant. I'm gone now. It is to your advantage that I go away. And to this day, we have a monument set up to Jesus going, "Jesus do your stuff for us." That was for the 3-year run only. That's the Bible. That's why he said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you a helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And to this day, all the Christians around the globe, which is why they all bent their knee to a fake pandemic. They can't even see the mark of the beast in COVID passports. Can't even see it because their entire life is actually an idolatrous lifestyle of ease where you say, well, we can't do it. Let's just see if Jesus will. And he never does, but yet that's their theology year after year after year after decade after decade to death. Shouldn't be. Jesus Jesus is not here for you to say, bring him here. The new bring him here is you. This didn't exist back then. Oh, Tom, how can you say it? It didn't. The Holy Spirit had not yet come. Now he has. That's why much is demanded. Jesus, can't you do it? That's what we say when we're three. To our dad. And you should when you're three. When you're 33, it's ugly. It's pretty, you know, it's fine when you see a three year old running around naked with their little butt cheeks. It's cute. 40 year old man, it's criminal. I had a neighbor. I called him Skivvies. Mm -hmm. He's an old guy. His actual name was George. And he'd walk around in his underwear. I live out in the middle of nowhere, but still there's plenty of cars going through there. And he'd be out, and he didn't, it wasn't just regular underwear now. These were tidy whities blown out, so there was leakage, fruit coming out of the loom. And I'm talking, listen now. That's all he had on. No shirt, nothing. Tidy whities. And he was out on our main road one day. I'm a police officer, so you know I'm driving in and out of my neighborhood all the time. I got to know him. I actually <laughs> fed him. I brought food to him. You see, everyone thinks I'm the meanest guy on the planet. Talk to him, I've talked to Aaron, ask him. I'm not mean. Talk to my people, people that are close to me, ask him. I'm not. I brought him food. He didn't have a whole lot in his house. But anyway. He's out there and he's fixing his car or something out in the main road in his underwear. <laughs> You're like, Tom, why don't you just haul him off? Well, he did have warrants coming out of Charlotte County, but we, none of us would arrest him. <laughs> none of us wanted to take him all the way into Charlotte County. It's a minor <laughs> stupid warrant. And a naked old man, I really don't, you know. <laughs> it's a misdemeanor warrant, eh. <laughs> Night shift supervisor told all his guys, I know you all know he has warrants. Don't you go over there. Arrest him? Who cares? He's 90 years old. He ain't gonna be around much longer anyway. But anyway, I told him. I say, listen, you know, you need to put some pants on. <laughs> why, man? Why? I'm like, dude, it's, uh, could I arrest? Him? I couldn't even arrest him. You're, I mean, technically, you're allowed to walk around in your underwear. Naked? No. Underwear? Yes. But that was not a pretty sight. I've seen my own kids when they were two and three and four and five, whatever, run around the underwear. Oh, you know what? It's cute. Eighty-seven? Leakage? <laughs> not cute. <laughs> On the verge of criminal. We can't run around like that. A lot of us we're still picture yourself. I picture myself. We still think of ourselves when you know this is cute. It's not cute. It's gross. It's gross that nobody's being raised from the dead around you. It's gross that you're depressed. It's disgusting that you're depressed. Well, I'm melancholy. I'm going to put on some James Taylor today. It's disgusting to God that a saved person who has heaven on earth and heaven in eternity to look forward to is depressed today. It's not what God wants. He said, Jesus said, bring them here to me, Matthew 14, 18. Then he commanded... Everybody good? Eight minutes to go, and we're done. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they ate up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Those were not small families. Nobody popped out one, so that, this wasn't China. There's lots of kids. Who knows how many people? Minimum of twenty thousand, all fed with five loaves. That's what Jesus expects from you and I. Well, I've tried; it didn't work. That's just because you have unbelief. Your mind has never been renewed. I, I, I believed. I believe. I know you believe, but you never cried out, "Help my unbelief." John chapter eleven. You know what I'm going to do? I may skip this and go to the end. I'm going to go to the end because i only got a couple minutes left. Listen now, because this is where we're going to launch. Listen this week, John chapter 11, 32 through 44. Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. I want to finish with this because I don't want you to miss this little closing that I put together. find the perfect spot. There we go. We need to pay attention to what we listen to. I'm telling you you guys have got to listen to the rest of this message this week. They're not going to get what you got. They need to listen to one. You need to listen to two. We need to listen to we need to pay attention to what we listen to. I want you to hear these verses. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 27 says this, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. The modern Christians should ask themselves this question. And for those of you that vacillate between mean church and sweet old lady church, you need to ask yourselves this question between ark church nonsense or a bible thumping church. Those of you that are offense minded, I admire the people who are in this room who have been offended by me or this church, whether I was right or wrong, I don't care. I admire you for sticking it out. And for coming back. I admire you because at least you're Christ like. The modern Christians should ask themselves this question. Why would I be attending a church and listening to a pastor that does not challenge me? That never offends me. That I know is lying to me. Via obfuscation through omission or commission that I know is lying to me. Why would you go there? That brings me no conviction. That preaches no Bible verse. See, people, believe it or not, People are watching from around the world. Each one of these services that Aaron puts out on the internet that he makes sure that are out. We're live right now all over the world. Aaron has set up a conglomerate, a monster. We're going everywhere. Nobody can even ban us now. Coming around the world. I got a letter from somebody from Ontario thanking us for the message here. So you need to understand this may not apply to you because you actually have the guts to sit in this church. A lot of people don't have this church. You need to be thankful, never miss, and be thankful that you have this church. I certainly am thankful for you, certainly am. But around the world, people need to be asking themselves, why am I attending a church, or listening to a pastor who never challenges me, never offends me, and I know it's lying to me, that brings no conviction, that brings no Bible verses, that preaches no Bible verses? Why am I there? There's a reason why. How many of you, I'm just, just, we're going to go a little long. How many of you, how many of you right now, I talked to Pete yesterday. He's one of our guitar players up here, Pete the guitar player. He said, I can't go to listen to anybody else anymore. I'm not talking about me now. It's nothing to do with me. I'm just talking Bible. Trickly Bible now. I can't go anywhere else either. I have to go where they are thumping the word. I go up to the River Church. I'm squirming. Power of God starts hitting me. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with myself. Squirming, tearing. I like that. I don't want to be in there and have somebody pat me on top of the head and tell me enable me and tell me I'm all perfect. But there's a reason why people go to churches that don't challenge them, don't offend them. They're lying to them. They bring no conviction. They preach no Bible verses. There's a reason. You ready for the answer? Yeah. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. Look at me. Look at me. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to you over here too. Whoops. A wicked person. All of these kind-hearted people who don't want to offend anybody are wicked. Really? They want the lies. They want the no challenge. They want the conviction free zone. They're wicked. They want summer playlists and naked and unafraid and sand and stars. They want the online sermons. They want people to tell them that they're going to heaven when they're gonna die and go straight to hell because for their 70 or 80 years they're on planet Earth, at least they're deceived and placated and medicated they want it. They're wicked. I used to blame myself. I'm not blaming myself anymore. I'm free. It's them. <laughs> I used to wonder why parents would leave this church and go take them to the Ark Church, to the lukewarm church, and send their kids straight to hell. Why? Why? well, you know, you you said in the book of Revelation that Jesus, that the angel sent by Jesus spills blood to the horse's bridle. Tom, I can't have my children listening to that. Really? You don't want your children to listen to the Bible so you go to some heresy down the road and send your kids straight to hell in a convictionless church? All so that you feel good? That's a wicked person. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. Aaron, just do everything, man. Run the sound, play the piano. Stand up, sit down, fight, 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 whatever. Aaron to the left, Aaron to the right, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. Yes, I'm telling you right now that preachers will be judged more strictly, James chapter three, verse one. But the listener will be judged also. And a wicked person seeks out deceit. Don't let that be you don't seek anything out that will keep you safe for everyone practicing evil hates the light does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed or their lack of deeds see i care enough about you to want you to prosper not to tell you that you know what everything's fine everything's not fine until the dead are raised in your life the blind are given sight you're a millionaire giving provision. You just, you're like, you know what? I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want a mansion. Well, don't go buy a mansion. Stay in your three-two in East Inglewood and give all your money away. I don't care. I'm a simple man. Seriously, I really am. Ask anybody around me. What do I need? Meat and bread, on, and bread mixed with cheese. Cheap date. everything. Now give, me a, give me a good truck. Some firearms. Maybe an acre, acre or two, I'm good. I don't need anything else. I wouldn't. But God expects a lot from every person in here. But will you do the work? Listen to the second part of this message because I'll illustrate what the work is. God's not going to study for you. Grace does not study for you. Grace does not pray for you. Grace does not worship for you. There's works involved. And the world needs us to raise the dead and give sight to the blind. The world needs us to provide our country's $30 trillion in debt. It's trying to be taken over by demonic globalist forces. It needs the church to look like Jesus. Amen. Stand with me. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask You right now to come into my life and be my Lord, and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them, and I give you my life from this day on, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.